Welcome to the podcast where I invite you on a journey to explore meaning, vulnerability and purpose through the lens of a life lived in geekdom. I'm David Monteith and I am the Naked Geek. Welcome back once again to The Naked Geek with me, David Monteith, and welcome to my boudoir. Um, today I am interviewing, no, I'm not interviewing, I'm having a chat with Courtney. Courtney is a friend of mine that I know through the Baby Loss community, and she is a lifelong geek, and she's a lot of fun, and uh, we've we've touched on conversations before around our geek, but never really got into them, and I really wanted to talk geeky stuff with her and see how it you know affects the place that we are in anyway so we managed to get away from our kids and we met up in a cafe we sat outside in the cafe in the park <laughs> so there's a bit of wind and there's a little bit of uh, the background noise of kids playing so um, i'll just ask you to bear with us as we do that but for now here is courtney so i'm courtney and i work I did work in film, computer animation and special effects. And did you? I did. And that's what I studied for for years. And then what happened... Did I know this? Well, we don't really talk much about like beyond... It's beyond... Beyond baby loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or before, po- pre, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, and then I moved from 3D to 2D. Right. Which was photography and uh, editing. And now I just... Photography is for fun. And like full-time editor. So, yeah. Right, okay. Nice. So if someone said to you, I want to hire you, what would they be hiring you for? Right now they'll be hiring, hiring me to make them look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so they could give, you, could, you could give me any picture and I could basically composite it into a scenario, but with it looking realistic. That's the best way to describe it. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I so, need yeah. you. <laughs> so when it comes to like the geekisms, yeah, uh, like I'm full on. I, uh, I think some of the first edits I ever did was me just being superheroes and like, but full face. Like I would paint my face and then take the picture and make sure the like it really looked like me and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that you're living the life. Me, me and Chris one time, we dressed up as Trump. Right, so first of all, oh, what okay. we've got to say is that <laughs> Courtney's surname is Charlton. Charlton. So, see, see, having the alliteration there, that is superhero dream. And you married who? So I married Chris Charlton, so that's CC. Yeah. And then we've got a little boy called Clark Charlton, CC, and Cora Charlton, CC. But equally, all of our middle names are J as well. So it's CJC. So What? Yeah, so I'm CJC, he's CJC, and all our kids are CJC. I can't even... You have to do it. I, I can't even... Did you like say, I'm not going to get together with anyone <laughs> until they've got CJ initials? Yeah, I must have. <laughs> right, so Tell us about your Tron thing. Yeah, so we dressed up as Tron and we took tons of pictures, but we went full out. Like, I made light come out of our costumes, L-Wire. The hell? I like s- sewed it in and everything. I was going to be, I was going to be Tron. <laughs> like, honestly, it, was, it wasn't going anywhere, but like, it had to be. And that year, everyone posted pictures of us, but I took pictures and superimposed them on a poster and actually printed the poster out and put it at work and everyone thought it was the movie poster because I because my why have I, why, have, why have I never seen all of this I don't understand no I love it it's great like my little girl Cora I do that to her all the time like my Instagram is basically 
fun of me taking pictures of her and superimposing them onto different activities or doing different things. All right, we need, we need to talk. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, so let's start at the beginning. How old were you when Geekdom became part of your life? I, I mean, it must have been three or four. You get in, you, I mean, it might be similar for you. It has to be sort of come down a little bit. My, da- my dad's really into, into films and stuff, but and I used to sit there and watch him, and then suddenly I was into more stuff than he was. And it just happened like that. But it escalated a lot. Like, I was 13, watched Lord of the Rings, and then suddenly I had my first Lord of the Rings tattoo. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, yeah, there's something really in me here. Or when I went to go and study university, when I went to university, I actually, and this is not a lie, went for an interview to study Egyptology. And then after the interview, realised I just really liked Mummy Returns <laughs> and the Mummy films and how much I was into that affected what I wanted to do. And I was just like, no, I don't want to be an Egyptologist. You just like the movie. I want to go into film. <laughs> like, I'm obviously so into it. <laughs> what, was there a particular property that was your... I mean, like, for me, I'll always go, growing up, I mean, there's so many things I could mention, but I'm going to pick out Doctor Who. You know, that, that was my utter companion and my inspiration and source. So mine is Smallville. Right. So, right, so let's start there. <laughs> Which we'll... might say my age a bit as well. Well, it, <laughs> it also shows our age difference. <laughs> so I, I mean, I had huge problems with Smallville. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? <laughs> so what was it about Smallville that got you? Well, what it is, is that obviously he is, was a te- in Smallville, he's a teenager and, and he just doesn't know who he is. And he doesn't know why he is what he is. And they won't really tell him. And he's sort of just finding himself. And that sort of resonates a bit more. And um, and it helps that he's massively good looking. Fair enough. <laughs> I had the same thing with Kristen. Kristen Crew. What was happening to you at the time you were watching it? Well, right. Being a boy geek is so much easier than being a woman geek. Because... You're just segregated completely. Like you're really into the same stuff and you're talking to the boys about the same stuff, but they're looking at you and being like, no, you don't really know what you're talking about. And you're like, well, actually, I kind of know more than you. So, you know, I don't know what you're saying to me. And um, and then, but you don't have the same effect as all the other girls around you. So you're sort of like, right, well, I don't really want to dress up like you girls are. Right, I kind right. of just want to like run around in a so supergirl outfit. So there's a like, bit of isolation going on. It's complete isolation. Like, there's complete isolation. By the time I was went to secondary school, like, I knew I was just different from some of the other girls. And that might sound weird, but, like, the conversation just wasn't there. I didn't want to talk about the same things. And that I had no one to talk to that to about. Weirdly, I, find, I found the same thing being a boy. Okay. Because the majority of people I know weren't, sort of geeky yeah. especially black guys although it's like I look at a lot of black guys my age now and go where, where the hell where were you <laughs> I don't understand but I had no interest in sports and that's what you know when I used to go to the barber I used to go and <laughs> I used to go and study a bit of football so that I had something oh, to throw you. into conversation because <laughs> I wasn't interested I just wanted to talk yeah. comics and stuff well for me so there's a school called the Brit school if I'm allowed mm. to say it <laughs> Not advertising at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so at 13, because I knew that, like, I just had no one to speak to in that, I went 
online and had a look for someone or groups or somewhere that I could discuss it. And I found this school and you can actually go there from when you're 14. So you don't go there. It's it's not a secondary school. It's sort of like a mid-secondary school. You can go there at eight, year nine, and then you can continue to do A-levels. So I went and auditioned for this school because I was just like, look, this is all me. Like if I can talk every day about what these things that I love and by doing that I just found a totally different way of life like they really emphasize suddenly I was from not talking to anyone and felt really by myself and like maybe not being pushed in the right direction because like there's oh you can't do that you ain't there isn't a career for you in that and all like this yeah to being like, okay, so what's your real interest? And I remember in my in my audition, actually, Star Wars had cut that the when they started remaking them and that, and Hayden Christensen just got cast. And the guy who was auditioning us was like, all right, we're going to talk Star Wars. And everyone was like really excited. And I had this massive argument with this boy in front of me and he was adamant that it was this other random actor and I was like no you don't understand I know who the actor is like this and he was sitting at the table and he literally came up to me afterwards and I was like no that's why you you got in because you you knew what you were talking about like brilliant you just like I was you're just so passionate about it I don't know do you find that with other kids yeah 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 there's there's be it's beyond passion there's passion and then there's passion do you know what I think there's a lot of um a lot of actors who get into sort of geeky roles are often surprised by the passion of... They've never seen fandom like it. And I remember doing a, a show and there's one woman in the cast who'd been in one episode of Doctor Who, like when Tom Baker was in it. And you know, people would turn up to get her autograph. And it was years ago and she goes, it happens all the time. And I'm like, there's nothing as passionate as sort of geek that geek geeky fandom which sometimes has its negative side oh definitely I can imagine like I don't know if you watched the new Clark and Lois yeah I do but I I actually haven't seen it yet I've saved them all up because I want to get it all but I've heard how amazing it is and obviously the new the whole DC TV shows from Smallville Every single like person that you might see has had little cameos in it. Yeah, yeah And I think yeah. that's just amazing. But I'm on, obviously, a Facebook group, the Smallville Facebook group, and everyone's <laughs> like, did you watch it tonight? There was that cameo of that person in episode four, six. They were only in that Smallville episode for 10 seconds, but they were on it tonight, Liz. And you're like, yeah, I remember that person. You know, <laughs> you feel like you're about 14 again going, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> how does that, I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, inside, deep inside, when, when you kind of, Click onto that group. What goes through your heart? I should be there. I should. <laughs> I'm there. No, they're, they're like all me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely all me. Uh, to be honest, the number one it makes me feel is I really hope my little girl's like this because I want it so bad to have, like, I, I genuinely keep saying all the time not to, like, throw her life away, but to be like, I can't wait till she gets older so we can just, like, geek out and do this. And and she, fact- she discovered DC superhero girls. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, um, but, like, sitting there waiting to, we had this discussion, I think it was you I asked, I said, when do you think's the right time to show her Star Wars? Because it's so difficult. Because, yes, some parts of it is scary and some parts of it is intense and there is a war and there is violence. And But at the same time, you know, there's outfits out there that she could wear. And yeah, like, yeah. But I don't uh, want her to wear them. She doesn't know the character. And But I want her to know the storyline and like the storyline. So gutted when my daughter said she wasn't interested in Star Wars or Doctor <laughs> Who. I, was like, I felt like my heart <laughs> had been... What um is... What's... <sighs> 
What's the worst thing that geekdom's carried you through? Is there anything you've turned to in right. those times? So, obviously, both of us have a similar situation with baby loss. And, and I think that as... And geekism did help me a lot with that because you make friends in certain circles which understand you in a different level and whereas I felt like I lost a lot of friends during that time those people that I thought I didn't really only spoke to every now and again about certain situations about just like tv and books and whatnot they were the ones that came through the most and like I'm probably really better friends with them than people that I knew because of school or I knew because of jobs and stuff like that. And and I think the scenarios in certain books and films and TV shows sort of help you through that too because you're, you're seeing how how did they process it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, especially with superheroes, I mean, it's always good versus evil. So you're sort of like um, looking at it in a, all right, I should I should be good, so maybe I should stay calm a little bit more and process a little bit more on that. But, I mean, from from this now, I understand that I'm a total villain. Like, if I was in a comic book, I, I would be the villain. There's, I wouldn't be the superhero. Why, why do you say that? Because of the... Because of baby loss, I know the anger that's inside me and I know the inner turmoil that superhero has. And I would totally be like a Batman sort of style. Like, I want to be good, but there is no way I have too much inside me that needs to come out. And and yeah, great for justice, but no, I would probably punch. I am vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would rather the revenge. Yeah, yeah, Totally. And, but no, that helped me through the baby loss completely. And, and people just... And naming, (sighs) naming your dead baby. Yes. So we, we named our baby boy Clark. And that was because when he was born, he, he breathed for five minutes. And to us, that was a superhero. To us, that was just an amazing superhero moment. Like found that strength. He, yeah, he found that strength to just, you know, survive when they said that he wouldn't because it wasn't there wasn't anything wrong with him. It wasn't him that had an issue, and so they said that he just wouldn't come out breathing. But no, he did, and he did that for five minutes. Go Clark! And I was just like, right, you know, this this little boy is is an actual superhero. And he, and he will always be in my eyes. What would you say about your mental health since Clark died? My mental health is horrendous. I would say it's so bad. Like, there isn't a day that doesn't go by where that situation doesn't affect me. Like, every decision that I make is probably based upon that that, that happened. And there's, like pre-Courtney and post-Courtney and that's it and sometimes I was sort of grieved for the pre-Courtney because she was so fun and like out there and would do a bit more things and now like post-Courtney is just a bit more like I mean don't get me wrong I'm still hilarious of course but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm a lot like oh what situation would that bring if I do that you know mm-hmm. and yeah that's tough that's really tough do you were you reading, watching, listening to anything geeky at the time? Whilst I was losing Clark, so during it, we were watching Harry Potter. 
and Chris can can still not watch the Deathly Hallows because of that reason, because it affected like he just has the connection of watching that film to losing a baby, yeah. and that's kind of sad because like. You know, it's, it, they are really good films and they're so magical and that. But, um, you know, that sort of shows you how much my life revolves around being geeky because in the worst moment of my life, I'm still connecting to something that makes mm. me happy and taking me out of the real reality. And Is that is that a good thing, though? Something taking you out of the reality? I mean, I... I say that with that. I think I, it needed to be at the time. Yeah, yeah. I needed to not realise what was going on. Yeah. And I think the fact that we wasn't watching Superman or anything like that, and we still named him Clark, sort of resonates how much Smallville was a part of my life as well. Mm. But he, yeah, like, there's a, every, anything that I have of Clark as well on the wall is sort of comic booked. Like, I have his name printed in massive big comic book like cutouts yeah yeah and it's all of his names so really thinking about it he's completely connected to my geekism i think you connect you connect that loss with what's the biggest thing about you yes yes so and you're just like no he's a part of me so he's so we had moving on a little bit we had you email you messaged me actually when the joker came out with a Joaquin. Phoenix, is that his name? Yeah, it's <laughs> He was really good at it. He I was. haven't seen it yet. Have you no, still not seen no. it? Right, so I, <laughs> so I had big problems. Number one, I was like, I don't, I'm not big into watching villain movies. Okay. Although, you know, because I, I want to watch the heroes. I want to be inspired by the heroes. I don't want to like come to whatever the villains. And um, having said that, I watch Suicide Squads. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> that just says it all. You messaged me yeah. about Joker. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to see it. I may as well just go and watch Taxi Driver again. And like, <laughs> it's not even really the Joker. It's just a, they've got a movie about mm. mental health and they've put the Joker on it to get people in. So I kind of went all grumpy old manish, which is something I probably need to get over. But what was it you loved about that movie? So this is what, which I've just, which I've just said, where I admitted like I would most likely be a villain. That film was probably what made me realise that. Like you got to think, my, I mean, how long ago did that come out? Two, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So my whole life, I've been rooting for the heroes. My yeah. whole life. Yeah. And then suddenly I watch this film and I'm like, lad, yeah, I'm a, I'm a villain. That's it. Because this guy, it's everyday, everyday situations. And your your turmoil and your whatever you've got inside you, whatever happens to you, like with the baby loss, that could have been so easy for me to become him in the Joker. Right. Because right. letting that anger and letting that say depression or anything that's in, like that well really the anger I was so angry with everything that was going on and I still am and you know it wasn't my fault and all like this and I just wanted to go mad and I could have turned into the Joker and just blown that hospital up do you know what I mean? yeah, like yeah, gone yeah. And not even thought of it not even thought anything of it like even now when I think about doing something in the hospital I have no feelings against that I would I would I don't care like right. I would damage that hospital. Little bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know I'm a villain. <laughs> it's like a mixture, but you, but that film basically showed you how, what is a psychopath and what is just a 
everyday people being horrible to you can create yeah. and how easy that is. Yeah. Did you, did it, did it lead you to any conclusions about yourself? I mean, did it help you watching that film or was it just clarification of I where you're at? I think it was more clarification, but it was, it was a surprising clarification because I thought I was beyond that. I right. thought I was way past that. Yeah. And watching that, I was just like, that, that is not going. Right. Like, that is always going to be So where, where are you now? What, what, do I still want to blow the hospital? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I don't think that bit would ever go. Like, right. like sometimes, I genuinely think I could be an assassin. Like, easily. <laughs> like, if someone left me, if someone went to me, right, a million pounds, I'm going to, there's going to be an envelope there for you and you have to kill that person. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Like, I'm dead inside now, I think. Right, really? <laughs> oh, dear. I know, it's hard, it's hard. But I feel like, have I got to that drastic point because of TV shows and comic books? Because I'm not the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly I had this realisation of not being the hero. Have I then gone, screw it? I'm in for a, a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna be like a little villain then. I will just go full in <laughs> like that. And what villains yeah, yeah. do I know? Like, they're all pretty bad. Yeah. And there's not many women ones as well. I mean, you've got Harley Quinn, but they glamorise her right now anyway. But... Have, you, have you seen the Harley Quinn cartoon? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, okay. Like the old school one. No, no, the new one. No, I haven't watched the new one. I, I always watch the old school ones. I started watching it. It's brilliant. It's so good. And it's about her getting away from the Joker. Yeah as well and just like establish her and I was like she's going to become a force for good now she has. but Harley Quinn lost the baby didn't she did she so Harley Quinn lost Joker's baby and then when she when she fell pregnant the second time she ran away from him and gave the baby up and then she comes back to him and he doesn't ask where she's been or anything and you don't really know what happens to the baby which is why now there's all these comics about is there a baby out there that's half Harley Quinn and half Joker? I totally missed this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she gets so upset. Like, that's how she starts to realise that actually does he really love me because he doesn't want, he just wants me. He doesn't want part of him and me yeah yeah and all this stuff happens to her and that affects her mentally in her head and she becomes a little bit more like and then she starts going good-ish do you know what I mean right I had no idea so like so I was talking about obviously naming Clark Clark and then he's Superman because he was breathing and then we had a baby afterwards and her name is Cora and a lot of people always go to me, oh, we were waiting to see what you was going to name her. It had to be some superhero. And people don't think that I've named her after something. They don't realise. But I have, my other obsession is Tron. You ever watch Tron? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, obviously. So, loved the first one. And when the second one came out, equally loved it. And obviously, Cora is named after Cora. Because Cora is the perfect being of both parts. Brilliant. She literally can, like, heal herself, make sure she's, like, she's well. She's she's the best parts of everything. And I was like, right, no, that's, that's Cora. Cora's going to come in and she's going to be the one that heals and helps and is the best part of it all. So, yeah, so Cora's Cora. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. What are you watching at the moment that's brilliant? 
Well, just finished Loki. Yeah. So that's great. I'm, I am looking for some more more stuff if, you, if you've got anything to know. But, oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm I'm actually going through the DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the kids, because I I love animation. Obviously, studying computer animation, and of course, animation. Of course. I I would love to sit there and I can watch cartoons forever, and and I think I think it's underrated the cartoons big time. Have you seen Invincible? No. I can't recommend that highly enough. Really? And there's definitely something there about child-parent relationships. Really? And when relationships go in directions you don't expect them to do yeah. and how you deal with that. And it's and it's got some of the most brutal moments I've ever seen in superhero animation. And they're just like, wow. It's, uh... I do love boys. I'm watching boys. At the oh, my word. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that is so good because that's like, oh, you've got powers, so you must be a superhero and you must be good. But hang on. No, you got powers. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be like that. This is this is like New World. What would happen now if someone gave you powers? Okay, sure. Well, one. first of all, I'd be like, yes, this is finally happening. Yeah, yeah. What, what would you do with it? You think, <laughs> given where you are, what would I do with it? Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you a question. If What would be the superpower that you had? If someone could give you any superpower? Super intuition. Be? Really? I love the idea of just looking at someone, taking into account their body language, just uh, and knowing exactly what's going to happen, knowing exactly where they are. Do you remember what watching Heroes? Did you yeah, watch yeah, Heroes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy that could hear everything yeah, and yeah. could understand it. Like, he was he was a sad person. Yeah. You really want that? Well, oh. <laughs> Some would say I'm already a sad person. (laughs) You walk up, someone walks up to you, and you're like, you already know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll be like, yeah, I've got you. I can tell you're going to hit me in the top right. I'll block you. Yeah, oh no, that would be amazing. Like to be able to and do it perfectly immediately. Oh, like Taskmaster. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're watching a you're watching a tutorial online and then suddenly afterwards you're the best at it. I would be like, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, watching martial arts, right, that's fine. Or if someone comes up to fight you, hang on a second, hang on a second. Need to look at my phone for two seconds. <laughs> Here's a question. You go home, you're feeling a particularly down that day, what would you put on? That's not Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> um most likely Star Wars. Star Wars is my go-to for a lot because I do love that. And, the, and I know people don't like the new ones, but because it's more female-orientated, you know, it is. No, I know. I just don't understand not liking it for that reason. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, I can see you've got Mandalorian stuff on. Obviously, that was epic. Every, every week. But I watched the documentaries of them as well. Oh, did you? And I could, because I couldn't. I was like, John Favre. Look at this. He's so good. He's so, and he did Iron Man. I was like, ah, oh, this is epic. I could not love it more. It was, but I might not put on the TV. But I might create my own stories. Do you, do you do write? That? Do you write? Or, or just I, sit there and do it in your head? You because, because obviously of what uh, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like storyboard them more than everything. Do you? Like I have been doing that for years. But even to a point where last night, like Cora would be like, "Can I have a bedtime story?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we start here, and then the fairies come, and a wizard turns up, and suddenly you've got weapons, and we can do this." And she's like, "Wow!" And I and I. Afterwards, I didn't realise, but my brother was listening and he was like, did you know what you just said? And I was like, I have no idea, but I know I was enthusiastic. And do you do the same thing, being what you, like an actor and what you do? Like um, you get, you just I, I used to, I, I used to do um, 
stories of Princess Alana and Princess Kira and oh, Princess yeah, or whatever. And I was like, I'm actually struggling to come up with new storylines. <laughs> and I was like, so I was like, you know what, let's just read a book. And now I'm trying to get them into yeah, different. Right. So my problem is I want to get them into kind of geeky books. Yeah. And I'm trying to find the right ones that work. Do you feel that if, because I wasn't pushed, pushed, pushed into my being a geek, let's say. And I feel like you've got to find your own way to it. Sort of thing, like, oh, maybe I'll leave some breadcrumbs here for yeah, her to no, be able to, to get into well, it. I was trying to work out why I'm a geek because none of my family are into it at all, in the slightest. So I don't know where that DNA came from, but it's there and it just, it just moves me and inspires me all the time. Definitely inspiring. I think, like, just be, it makes me more creative. Yeah. But like I said, like, I can sit there, even with women now, I will sit there and just, I almost feel like I'm trying to blend in. And I'm like, who, who, like, my whole wardrobe used to just be comic book tops. And now I feel like, oh, I'm in Primark buying this beige top to be part of the beige group so that I don't stand out and I can have some friends. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? You know like, what? Look, I, I was... I was say, I don't know if you remember Space 1999. Are you too young? I, I think I might have been. I know yeah. of it, but right, I didn't okay. watch it. <laughs> so um, they've got, so it's done by Jerry Anderson. He did Thunderbirds and all of that. And they've got a Jerry Anderson shop. And I've been looking on it lately, selling all this memorabilia and stuff. And they've got the tops, which are the uniforms of the people on Space 1999. And I'm like, I oh, And I was like, I was like, Siobhan, but do you think I can wear it out? <laughs> it's, like, it's nuts, isn't it? Like when I think of the geekism, like so, I had uh, an original Lord of the Rings ring with the nice. with the print on it and everything, right? But one of the best things I had was a first edition Harry Potter signed book by J.K. Rowling, and I sold that book for a deposit on a flat. And I was like, "This is where my life is." <laughs> I literally was standing there going to the man. And the man was like, "You sure you want to sell this?" And I was like. A future with a flat or a Harry Potter, but what yeah. do I do? Like yeah. it's, Fair it enough. so tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so tough. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I can't, so I can't funny. tell you how tough it was. <laughs> but she, she wrote my name in it, so it's still out there somewhere with my name in it. Oh <laughs> like, man, I'll never have the money to buy it back. But yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you You're for welcome. spending time with me. You're welcome. <laughs> I found that a really interesting discussion. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the thing that really struck me, it was two things that really struck me. Number one, uh, quite recently, I've had people fairly close to me kind of ridicule um, the things that I watch and so on. And you can see in their eyes that they think it's still a kid's thing. But you just listen to people like Courtney for whom it's become a bit of a rock those really rough times and you just think well sod you <laughs> do you know what I mean um this is serving a purpose um more than that I was really struck by everyone who's lost a baby goes through a transformation my wife and I always talk about looking back at pictures and there's always the before and the after pictures and to us we can tell the difference um so easily and we think that um we can tell the difference in others as well well which pictures were before they lost a child and which were after I realized that I was laying my hopes of sort of grief recovery on someone else I was hoping that what um 
the movies we were watching are done for Courtney was pull her up. Um, but it provided a bit of clarification for her, um, which almost felt like it was going in the opposite direction in, in her becoming a villain. But that's fine, because grief is a process. And, you know, forget all the processes you may see in textbooks. All they do is to serve the is to help identify the individual in elements of grief but this whole it works in this order and that order is a pile of bollocks um it's a messy thing which takes its own order and it, it moves on and then it goes back and it circles round. it's just a mess um and i think that that's clearly you know even years later it's clearly a part of that grieving process it's not a nice neat easy thing which is done in a finite amount of time and what you're witness to is part of Courtney's process. Um, I haven't got much else to say, really. Just, you know, got your back, Courtney. Um, and anyone else going through that, um, get in touch. Let us know. Maybe we can signpost or help out for you. Um, and actually, I'm going to put a link to my last episode in which we had some links in the show notes where you can find help. But thank you for being with us. Um, despite how I've ended that, it was so much fun. And um, Courtney and I are always going to have our differences around Smallville. But there you go. What are you going to do? This is the tribes of geekdom just expressing themselves and loving what they do in different ways, a multitude of different ways. It's beautiful. So thanks for being with me. And until next time, I'm David Monteith on The Naked Geek. Thank you.